everybody, Coach John Daly here back again. Today's date is November 6, 2018. Not quite sure when the show will come out, but I have a very special first-time guest here, one of my former students, good friend of mine, Mr. Abel Sanchez. Abel, how are you? Doing good. How are you doing? Fantastic. Well, today's voting day, mm-hmm. and uh, Abel shows up here. We're at uh, my makeshift studios here at the library uh, with his I Voted sticker on there. So mm-hmm. very cool. He was always involved at, at Lakeshore. Um Definitely, you know, whether it's class president, student congress, all the events and dances, and he was the one leading our cheers in the in the office for uh, over the announcements, and just very involved all the time. So it's no no question that he got out there and voted today too. So how'd it go? Was it uh, crazy? Was it long lines? What, you know, what's the report? Actually, when I went, it wasn't too bad. Uh, I got out there. I don't remember what time the polls opened. It was like seven thirty. They opened seven o'clock. Yeah, seven o'clock. Yeah, I got out there at eight thirty. So I kind of hit that. I probably missed that first rush of people getting there before work and that early start. So I kind of still got there early for you know people on their lunch break and everything like that. So when I went there, was only a line just kind of in the room where the voting was and got in there. It's probably there fifteen minutes at the most. Got Very in there, cool. got the vote real quick. Exercised the First Amendment right and yeah, it was cool. You know, it's powerful. So, yeah, most definitely. 22 years old, you know. I mean, they want the young people to go out there and vote. And, hey, here we are. We're the future, so. Absolutely. And there's been there's no problem with you going out and getting involved, is there? Like no. I said. No. You, you've done that your whole life, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it's there's so much going on in the world right now, and people want change in certain directions. But, I mean, the most simple way that we can go out there and get a change is just voting. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, people, I hear the big thing, oh, well, my one vote doesn't matter. You know, I mean. It's easy to say, sure, and I'll admit, I mean, I was a political science major at Michigan State, you know, I studied a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, And sure, you know, the the funny thing is, is more people come out and vote for the presidential elections every four years. Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, But every four years, they come out and vote for the president, but when there's more local offices, like just state governor like it was today, and uh, state congress, whatever it is, more less people come out. That's when that one vote means that much more, because you have only three million people as opposed to 300 million, I mean... Kind of speaks for itself that yeah. one one vote has a lot more weight. It's a to big it. difference, and you always hear those news stories of some little town up in Maine or North Dakota that a mayor or somebody lost by one vote. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And always. It can always happen. So. It seems like something just like you know in a fiction novel or TV. You know, the guy won by one vote or swing vote, and all of a sudden here he is. But no, it's real life for some people. Absolutely. Um, so that one vote makes a difference, no doubt. Well, that's cool. It's great to have you here today. Uh, why don't you start a little bit about your, your background, where you grew up, uh, family, you know, how many sure. siblings you have, and uh, where you went to school and, and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like you said, my name is Abel Sanchez, uh, 22 years old. I was born in Detroit, Michigan. Raised in East Point, you know, uh, got me, my mom, dad, my one brother, Alex, he's still at Michigan State University. Shout out to you, Rod, if you hear this. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, so just, it was four of us growing up, you know, East, like I said, we grew up in East Point, it's a very quiet neighborhood, kind of just did our thing for the most of my growing up. Went to a small Catholic school starting off called uh, St. Germain. You know, I made most, most of my closest friendships today are still with those people I grew up with there. Wow. Um, it's something, I'm 22 years old and... The one I still get together with them, I sit here thinking, like, you know, 22, we've known each other since we were five. You know, 17 years of my 22 years of life, I've been with these people and with my friends, walking, you know, different shoes, but kind of down the same path. We started at the same place, and it's kind of just cool and fun to see where we're all ending up and mm. how we're finding success in our own right. But, uh, yeah, other than that, though, I started off there at St. Germain, like I said, ended up coming to Lakeshore uh, the fall of 2010. Uh, was there for the four years, graduated in 2014. Um, then went off to Michigan State University. My God, it's been such a whirlwind of those four years. I miss them, honestly, already. Uh, just graduated back in May, and I kind of already 
spoke about it. I was a political science major, had a minor in sociology. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of going in, wasn't necessarily 100% sure what I wanted to do uh, when I was like, been a, like when I was kind of going in, I'm like, I don't know what I want to do with my career yet. Kind of unsure. But I knew the main focal point I wanted in my career to be around was people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be behind a desk necessarily all day, crunching numbers, running data analytics. That was not my forte, even though that's what I was better at when it came to school. I kind of excelled in that and like, you know, the like the readings portion and stuff like what I went and studied was not my strong suit. But I made do uh, loved my four years there, learned a lot of interesting things, met a lot of awesome people. Um and again, there's still a lot of good friends with a lot of people I went to Michigan State with. They'll keep in touch. Um, whether people from my dorm room that I lived with four years ago, people that I worked with up there that I met later on in my college time. I'm um, just knowing I made all those connections from people of all different walks of life. It's just an incredible experience. And man, here I am now. Uh, graduated, like I said. I'm working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car now. Been there for slightly over two months. I'm um, really enjoying my time there so far. Uh, it's pretty exciting, like the manager trainee program. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what where this will take me uh, in the in the future months and possibly even years. Who knows? That's fantastic, man! I, you've always been one of those kids. Did we meet your freshman year, sophomore? Yeah, I remember year? my freshman year, a career tech class. I yeah, yeah. Believe, yeah. Oh my god! And I just remember, you know, talking in the hallways and seeing you're always involved and you're always able. You're one of the kids that just encouraged everybody. You, there was. There's clicks all over the place, mm-hmm. high school and through adults, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But Abel, I remember you being able just to uh, talk to anybody, being part of so many different quote unquote groups. <laughs> um, and I just really love that about you. And it obviously has carried through. So, relationship wise, you've yeah. spoken about how important some of these are. Mm-hmm. Um, how important is it to you to have these in your life, realizing that to me, that's what life is all about, yeah, is relationships. And you spoke about how you were very much more uh, data-driven, grade point average, smarts, right? The relationship side has always been there. Isn't it surprising how far you've come from high school? It is, you know. I, I reflect on that quite often, too. Um, and, you know, it's funny. You, you saw it, too. I guess I had something I didn't realize until later on, that my time in high school, after um, the, the four years, I kind of, like you said, like there were clicks and stuff, but I didn't have any kind of trouble speaking with anybody in any different group. <laughs> the Coming into you know, high school, from again, from that small Catholic school, when I go from 24 kids that I grew up with in the same class from kindergarten through eighth grade, and all of a sudden I have 24 different faces in every different classroom, it was definitely a leap, you know. And I, I remember the first year or so was a lot of more just finding myself of who I was. Mm. Um, they say peer pressure is a thing, you know, in school. I don't think I ever faulted to peer pressure, but I was kind of trying to find myself, oh, this guy seems popular. What are they doing, you know? And I'm like, you know, that's not me, though. At the end of the day, they still had their own group that they would uh, – mingle with for better or worse not saying it's a bad thing you know people just kind of fit in where they fit in um but i know the one thing that i always wanted to do was make sure that everybody felt welcome around me you know i don't want to sit there and judge anybody because they might have been the smarter kid or the more athletic kid or every i mean people are people and the one main thing that i kind of taken away in the last you know eight years really is just treat people with respect and you know what if they give me the same respect I'm cool with that. I'm, I don't care where you're from. You'd be from Mars, Pluto, you know what I mean? <laughs> if they had a forest change student from a different galaxy, you know, they're a cool person. I'd be about it. Um, but just kind of being able to mend those relationships, whether they still have them or they're, you know, kind of the wayside. You know, it's high school. It's how it goes. You know, people go their own de- separate ways. Sure. But just knowing if I did see them, you know, walking down the street or in the grocery store saying, hey, how you doing? I still feel like it's genuine, too, because I feel like I made those connections with those people and. Um, the main thing that I always wanted to do and try to strive to do is put a smile on somebody's face that day. Um, someone's having a bad day, just say, hi, how you doing? Because, you know, 
that could just make a world of difference for somebody. Maybe Absolutely. they just uh, started off rough in the morning or whatever. Um, but it doesn't mean the whole day's got to be bad, you know. Yep, that's powerful. That's something that we've always talked about. And, uh, you know, it's funny. It is Election Day like we talked about. And any thoughts for running for office? Because, my friend, <laughs> let me tell you, you'd be a breath of fresh air to what we've got now, no matter what you ran for, of just trying to get people to come together and work together. I think that'd be huge. You know, I, I've thought about it. And I really didn't. People say, I'm like, you know, it's such a, I, I firmly believe to, you know, studying it. it it's a very, I don't I got to be careful how I word it. Sure. I almost see it as like a toxic system in mm-hmm. some ways. A lot of people are like, oh, well, you can be the one to be the difference maker. But I'm sure everybody who's gone into the political realm has thought at one point, I can't be that difference maker. And you look at it and it's so cyclical, you know. I mean, even though people come in here every so often trying to make this big change, I want to change the way the system works. Most of the time, the people that are at the top of it with the power are the ones that were sitting there resenting anyway. Mm. Um, I look at 2016, you know. Um, I, I tell this to people all the time. I don't care which side you voted for. I'm not, I don't, that's another private thing in the world, too. People are too, uh, shout out, instead of having conversations with people of different partisanship, they're so quick to just detest them. And I think that's where a lot of the problems kind of lie, too. Um, that's the point for a different time. Anyway, um, I'm just, I'm looking at it and I see. I remember Bernie Sanders running mm-hmm. in the primaries before Hillary Clinton eventually beat him out, and then they have Donald Trump on the other end. Both of them stood for some sort of revolution in a different sense. Bernie Sanders wanted to get rid of all the career politicians, but he wanted to kind of give back to the people. Donald Trump really, what his big thing was to drain the swamp. You know, he wants to just make it more of like a business kind of deal, and here we are now a couple years later. But uh, you look at it. And there was, they had a lot of traction, even though Hillary Clinton ended up beating out Bernie. He's not like he went by the wayside like mm-hmm. a lot of people normally would, something like that. I mean, I know a lot of the younger people, too. Like I was kind of saying earlier, we got to come out here. A lot of young people liked him. Is the world ready for that right now? My opinion, I don't believe yet. But just kind of looking, if you take a back seat and just kind of see what's going on uh, around, and like, you know, these guys are trying to spread a message of change. How successful will it be? Who knows? But uh, I guess, you know, by tonight, after election night, maybe some start. Some will start. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But, right. yeah, Absolutely. most definitely. Yeah, there'll be some big changes for sure. Um, from staying in relationships, yeah. was there one or more key relationships that you had uh, while you were in high school that really pointed you in a great direction, really made a difference, mm-hmm. but then also a relationship in college? So whether it's a, a good friend or mm-hmm. was there an adult that kind of, you're very thankful for them kind of walking your life, pointing your direction. Because I know college, I had a college professor next to my parents. He was the biggest difference maker in my life. Mm-hmm. And I know we kind of talked about this a little bit at the football game and stuff, how there's been some key people. So care to share some thoughts on, on some of those key relationships? Well, sure thing. Well, I mean, first and foremost, always the parents, you know. My parents are my rocks. Even though they're not together, they're divorced. I'm very blessed still that they have civil relationships with each other. They're still mm-hmm. friends, you know. Um, they're always on the same page with me and my brother growing up. And I think I'm very blessed for that because I know a lot of people in a similar situation as me but can't say the same always. Right. Um, but they always had their best interest in my – or, yeah, my and my brother's best interest in mine. Mm-hmm. Nothing but the best for me and him. Um, so I know it always starts there. But kind of going through high school, you know, it's kind of having my friends around me, uh, supporting me and all these things. I mean, it happens so fast. You know, like you were kind of talking about, like, the senior class presidency, you know. Um, I remember when that happened, it was my junior year, that fall – me and one of my best friends, I was saying, I grew up, I don't know since I was five, but hey, you know, let's run for resident vice president. And at first it was kind of something like to do, but then after a while it kind of seemed like I actually want to do this, you know, and as I got to meet more people, 
and kind of walk through that junior year. That's when I was really kind of coming into myself, more mature. Uh, I was able to build a lot of genuine connections. And I remember still to this day when uh, Mr. Cook, you know, who's the teacher and head of student Congress, told me I had won. You know, it was a really big, it, to me, it was like a big deal. All these people were on Twitter, you know. I mean, not like I was trending, trending, like, you know, hundreds and thousands of tweets. But I remember on that day we voted, and that day everyone was like tweeting, vote for April, vote for April, vote for April. I'm like, man, am I really, is this like some sort of like, people feel bad for me almost it's hard to believe or have I really genuinely made like a difference in these people's lives for them to be that supportive of me mm-hmm. so um I feel like a lot of what we go through in life just kind of stems from believing mm-hmm. uh and it's always hard I'm not saying I never be- didn't believe in myself I do um but I've seen a lot of people struggle with this concept of believing in themselves mm-hmm. you know it's really uh it's the best way to kind of go about things. But when you're kind of struggling, you're on the fence, like this seems difficult. I don't know if I can do it. Having the help from others is a great blessing. Mm. Um, and I've really found that throughout my time in high school. Then obviously having teachers and the staff supported, like, you know, yourself. I know I had a good relationship with Dr. DePonio, uh, Mr. Lord at the time, you know, just kind of having them up there and, you know, and they had my back and stuff like that if anything was going on. Um, so that's pretty much the high school end of it. But coming into college, too, you know, that, now that's a different beast. Yeah. Michigan State University, you're talking about 50,000 students total, 36,000 undergrad. You know, I remember walking there my first day. I'm like, huh. <laughs> walking to my class. I'm like, this Holy is absolutely crap. insane. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, I remember getting lost, actually, um, walking back to my dorm one night. I think we went to Grand River where all the restaurants and stuff were with my friends. Or my one roommate, Brandon Miller, shout out to you. Um, but then uh, some other people we had met, you know, like at our orientation and stuff. Right. I'm like, man, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm tired. So I started walking back to my dorm. And I'm going through campus, get down there. I'm like, I do not know where <laughs> I am. <laughs> it was nighttime. I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay. Like, here's the river. I think I'm this way. So next thing you know, I'm in the botanical gardens, and I see the stadium. I'm like, okay, the stadium. I know that. Let's go to that way. Then all of a sudden, thankfully, they had, like, a big old Spartan head, like, in Christmas lights over our building, South Wonders. I'm like, that's my door. So I was walking there. So it was definitely a different beast at first. Um, My freshman year was a little different. I don't want to say it was, uh, like, I was depressed or anything like that. I just kind of stuck to my floor. Mm -hmm. I was very blessed to have a very, very close... um, core of people in my in my floor you know i didn't meet him the the first semester i remember it was the craziest thing one of my friends i had met him it was random encounter he lived on the other end of the hallway you know um and (laughs) i had guitar hero in my dorm room and he's like hey yo i play guitar hero wanna you know link up we'll play i'm like yeah whatever no problem so this is like probably like october at the time so a couple months later we're getting ready to do our final exams and uh it's like the night before the last one before i was gonna leave for winter break I remember going down to the other end to go knock on his door, and I hear people screaming, right? I'm like, what's going on? And it was their suite mates, so I knock on their door. I'm like, hey, guys, what's going on? They're like, oh, we're playing Super Smash Bros. You want to join? I'm like, yeah, all right. Say less. You know, so I join in there, and next thing you know, we're playing this video game. We're talking. I had an exam 745 that following morning. I'm over there till 3 in the morning just oh, playing with those wow. guys. But, you know, after we got back, you know, I mean, those guys are still some of my best friends. So, I mean, just something that random and spontaneous kind of started off like, man, and here we go. Then that kind of introduced me to that whole other side of the dorm room, which kind of was segregated in the middle there. Yeah. So that whole spring was just the ball with those guys. Um, so having them made life a lot easier at first. Then uh, at the end of my sophomore year, well, my sophomore year, I guess in general, I had moved into an apartment, you know. Okay. Like, moved off campus. And yeah. uh, after my 
two semesters there, I'm like, okay, I need to find a job for like the next year. I need, I, I'm broke. I need money. <laughs> um, so I remember I would say, okay, I'm going to find the job right now. I'm going to apply for it. I'm going to stay here throughout the summer. So I have it. It'll be easier to find work over the summer. Sure. And then just kind of work the rest of the time. Um, actually a friend of mine from high school, Zach Manuel, and he worked at the job I ended up getting. It was called MSU Greenline. Um, and he goes, Abel, you should do that. I'm like, well, what is it? I don't know what y'all do. He goes, basically, you know, you kind of reach out to alumni, you call them, you add donations. I'm like, you're asking people for money? I'm like, oh, that's how I could do that. I don't know if I could do that, man. He's like, no, man, it's easy. Come on. Like, it's fun. You get to talk to a lot of cool people. Um, everyone you work with is like students. I'm like, ah, whatever. I kind of just blew it off at the side. And, and this is like February at the time. Then I get around to like early April, late March. I'm like, man, I need a job. I said, Zach, you put in a referral for me? He goes, hey, I got you. So ended up applying, get that job there. Um, something that I thought was just going to be another paycheck. And oh my God, I met some of my best friends there too. Mm. Um, mm. I ended up being there. So from that summer, when, about a little over two years, I was starting my way as a caller. Um, so that summer, that following fall, and then that spring, I got promoted to a supervisor. So I got to have my own team of callers, kind of get to train them up, uh, kind of help them, not only like in... I, my biggest thing wasn't always necessarily always just the calling aspect. I want to kind of help them in life, too. If they need someone around, um, I'm there for you type of deal right, as well. Right. Uh, but I did that for a year, so until the end of my senior year, pretty much. Then I stayed this past summer here, summer 2018, uh, as the production manager. So I was in charge of an entire night interim while the one who, the, like the production manager, was like in an internship in Florida. So I stayed throughout the summer and kind of took that over. Um, but that was, honestly, that made... I think my four years go by even faster because I had such a ball with those people. You know, mm-hmm. it was that kind of blessed opportunity. Like you're, you're. I remember you always preaching. You want to do what you like, work. Like you want to love where you work and yeah. stuff like that. And you yeah. never work in your life type stuff. That's what it was. If I could have a career with those people, I would do it in a heartbeat. I swear. Um, it's never obviously <laughs> easy said it done. Right. But uh, I, I cherished all those people I worked with there. Um, then, you know, I had, like, there was a small kind of Latino studies program that we had there, too, on the outside of work that I was really kind of close with. Um, you know, it's funny, growing up in the area I had in this, this neighborhood, uh, there's not a lot of Mexican people, like, you know, myself. And just kind of growing up through my grade school, there was one other Mexican kid in my class who was one of my best friends that I grew up with, still good friends with them today. Uh, then in high school, Lakeshore is maybe a handful. Then I get to college, you know, still not a lot, but, I mean, there's more than what you're accustomed to in school. So I took a Chicano Latino studies class and I'm kind of like, I don't know what to expect from this. And I found myself in my own little community there. You know, Mm. it was pretty cool um, to kind of get in contact with those people there. And uh, one of them kind of took me under a wing, kind of mentored me as I was going through college. I've had questions about stuff. I had a couple classes with them. I think Sam, uh, Dr. Saldivar now, actually, if you're hearing this, Sam, shout out to you. (laughs) But, uh, you know, just kind of having him and my, one of my teaching assistants, Cristiano Ramirez, uh, they were always there. And then my, the professor who was in charge of a Dr. Yankee, just great people, you know. They were always there. You can always go to them for guidance. If I was asking them, I don't know what to do for this. I don't want to do big picture. Just kind of just sharing their experiences and uh, what they've done, what they've been through, was kind of just reassuring sometimes when you felt like kind of you were losing a little bit of control of where you wanted to go. Right. They let you know you're really not that far off your grasp. Right. Um, so it was really helpful to have that kind of guidance along the way, too. Very cool. So a bunch of people. This is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And I love how both a little bit different um, circumstances, both in high school and then obviously bigger in college, yeah. pushing you out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. going down the hallway, 
taking, let me take this class. Let me, you know, reach out and talk. Let me go for that job. Mm -hmm. And that's constantly kind of uh, what's led you to today. And I think it's it's something we get all we all get comfortable. It's been one of the themes that um, Coach Will and I have talked about it. Doctor Lip, we've talked about it. Mm -hmm. Getting out of your comfort zone. Oh, yeah. And it seems like you have done that. Real quick question. Mm -hmm. When you went down to play uh, Super Mario Brothers, yeah, yeah, how'd you do on that exam? That three hours sleep or whatever you had. I, I didn't do bad. Oh, um, I, I ended up three five in the class. I want to say so, like a A minus. Okay, so it was so pretty it good. For yeah, for my first college semester, yeah, I did all right. Fantastic. I did all right. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I believe it or not, it's not the worst studying thing I've ever done. So, <laughs> uh, one of one time, I uh, it was my at the end of my junior year. I was taking a class in special topics for my political science course. It was like second highest level I had to do. Mm -hmm. It was uh, focused around like ju like the judiciary's branch and how they kind of have influence throughout government, you know, legislature, all that stuff. So I remember sitting there final exam week. Okay, I got this exam tomorrow. I need to study. I told myself, I really don't want to study. So what did I do? I, I watched Rocky too for motivation. <laughs> now that class, that one I'm a little bit more disappointed because I, I could have had a 4.0 easily, but I got a 3.5 on that. I probably needed like a 70% to lock it down. But hey, you only live once. It's That's okay. Right. <laughs> so it was a little motivation for you, Rocky too. was, <laughs> it was but it didn't was. push you over the top. No, not quite. Not, not as lucky as Rocky was. That's right. The original. Can't, <laughs> exactly. go, can't go wrong with the original. Uh, so in high school, what did you play sports? Yeah, yeah. Um, my freshman year, I did three. I did Football, basketball, then baseball. Then throughout my freshman year, junior, I just did base. Or I'm sorry, sophomore, junior, I just did baseball. Okay. What lessons from that 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 you got that helped you even today? It's a commitment. You know, I mean, mm. it's funny because my dad's actually an athletic director at the school I went to, St. Germain. And it's, oh, wow. um, so he is still there with the younger kids. You know, they're fifth grade through eighth grade. They're CYO sports. And uh, this is not the sense of commitment. I don't know if it's something changing, but like I remember, like man, because I was not like you know I'm a bigger guy. I was good. I could have been real good at football if I wanted to, but I am not a violent person. <laughs> I don't have that bone in me to go out and hit somebody. Um, so I, I never really enjoyed it like that. But I knew I could have been good at it. Was the thing. Mm. Um, and I remember telling him going in like high school. I don't want to play football really. He goes, give it a try, whatever. Um, so I did. Um, and I met a lot of people there, too, kind of helped kind of get that transition in high school because I did know some people right. from the team, obviously. But it just was not what I wanted to do. So, but being committed to it, I was there. I was playing it that year. I'm not just going to walk off in the team in the middle of it, you know, whether I enjoyed it or not. You know, basketball, same thing. I like basketball a lot, too. I wasn't the fastest guy out there. Um, I, I was all right. I was an all right player. But, you know, when you're not, other than that, I didn't play every day. You know, I didn't care about that, sure. you know. Um but it's a long season, too. It'd be a lot easier for somebody just to sit there like, man, this kind of, this blows. I don't want to do this no more. And just get up, walk off. Like, yeah, coach, I'm done. Um, but I'm there. I'm part of the team, nonetheless. You know, and whether you're playing or not, you can be the cheerleader. It doesn't matter. Everybody needs someone to have moral support. And even my senior year, actually, I forgot about this, too. I was the soccer manager for the soccer team. Oh, never played yeah. never played soccer a day in my life. I remember that one. Uh, my friend Joe, he goes, able. The one that I grew up, he goes, hey, well, we need a manager for a soccer season. I'm like, dude, I don't know anything about soccer. Are you kidding me? He goes, come on, man. Just, it's easy. Just come out there. Lout said we need to find one. Um, I'll ask him tomorrow. I'm like, all right, yeah, sure, whatever. So I end up going out there. And the next thing you know, we're making a state championship run. I think yes. we, lost, we lost in the semifinals. Yes. But, I mean, I have a regional and district medal from that. But just kind of know, like, again, that's a prime example. Say if I did play, you know, not like, but you're kind of there. You're always supporting the team. They're cheering all those guys on to scoring a goal and they're coming out there, you know, high five, all this, yeah. that. Um, 
it just kind of goes to show that you're part of something bigger, you know. Mm. It's the cliche, there's no I in team. Right. You know, um, if you're winning, you could drop 50 points in a high school basketball game, tennis, you can drop triple-double, whatever. If you lose, who cares? <laughs> you can sit there and brag all you want. You lost. Right. It doesn't do you no good because yep. you need to get to the next stage. you got to win games. you got to get the playoffs to get those kind of recognitions. So, I mean, um, just kind of reinstates that, that notion that something was bigger than yourself, too. Right. So being committed to something, sticking with it, whether it's your cup of tea, whether you're having a blast doing it, whether you want to get out of Dodge, um, just sticking with things, and just always remember something bigger than yourself, too. That's powerful. I remember that run that you guys made. I remember driving up Magical. There, uh, to that, that game, and the stands were full. Mm-hmm. And we had buses up there, the fan buses. That was, that was pretty special. That's good stuff. From whether it's high school or college, um, is there one moment that wasn't so great? Maybe um, you stumbled, you failed, oh. you, you, you kind of learned a, a huge lesson, but it was painful. Uh, any, any to share with, with the listeners out the there? The biggest one that hit me was when my grandfather passed away my freshman year of college. Mm. Um, it was out of out of the blue almost. You know, kind of looking back now, you kind of say, like, okay, he, he could tell he wasn't feeling all right, but he, he wasn't that kind of saying, like, yeah, I'm sick and I need to go doctor, whatever. Like, he, it was, I remember getting that call. I had, one of my classes was canceled. It was on a, on the, it was a Thursday, and I remember my mom calling me about four forty-five, telling me, "Hey, you know, hey, your grandpa passed away," and I couldn't believe it. I was an absolute just like, like drop what I was doing. Like, I'm glad I was sitting down, kind the of. Thing. World just stopped. Yeah, yeah. I remember just breaking down because um, out of nowhere, and I was thankful my class got canceled then because I would have been there when she called me. But uh. Yeah, I remember it happened so fast in that following the next day. I remember I had to meet with my writing professor to go over a paper, a draft from a paper. I'm sitting here like, I'm going up north here in an hour. My mom's going to pick me up to go to my grandfather's funeral. I have to sit here in this meeting with you. I'm sitting there like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Right. Yeah, okay, my paper. Yeah, okay. It's tough to care um, right at that exactly. moment. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like, so the biggest thing, like, you know, I mean, all that surpassed, you know, obviously trying to get to cope with it. But that whole next month was right at the end of January. I didn't have motivation to do anything. Mm. I was just kind of sitting there. I mean, I go to my classes, but I wasn't in the right state of mind. My homework was the the uh, secondary to anything else. You know, I didn't really want to do it. I just, what I would do to cope with that, I would just go surround myself with other people. So I'd be going, just kind of hanging around. I'd go to the cafe three, four times a day, not even to eat, just go hang out with them because I didn't want to sit there alone. Mm. Um, so I remember it took me a while, but I was like, I can't keep sulking over this because he'd be, if he were here, he'd be disappointed if I was going to be sitting there and blowing my time and wasting my money, whatever, going to school and I'm not doing that. So I'm like, I could get into gear. So about March comes rolling around. I'm like, okay, I need to pick this up. So I was able to re-salvage my grades. And I'm actually, that was like my worst academic semester really in my four years. Um, I'm not using that as an excuse, but I was able to recover. It could have been even worse. Sure. You know, I didn't fail anything. Uh, got my grades up to like a B, the worst class. I had like a C plus. Political philosophy. That's the bane of my existence, though. That one actually tried hard for the, for a note. But, um, yeah, so I just kind of getting back up and remembering, like, I'm doing it for these people. I want to make them proud, whether they're here or not, you know. I mean, uh, that's something I think about, too. You know, it's like the concept of, like, you know, people caring and just love. Um, I feel like those are kind of those things that are just so powerful. They transcend life. Um, you know, we all have people that we've lost. I mean, I've had friends. I've had family who's gone. Um, I still feel that love, too, you know, yeah. so I'm sitting here, sitting there, and I reflected on that. I'm like, I need to make sure I make him proud. He's not here no more, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I can't keep on working for him because uh, they always want me to be better than what they did. Right. So go out there, get to that grindstone, and 
make it happen, and I did four yeah, years later. So that's powerful. That's the, the lesson that at your age and your how old were you when this was going on? I was nineteen. Oh, I don't, actually, no, hang. On. I was twenty fifteen. So. I was almost 19. I was 18 turning 19. Unbelievable. Yeah. Because that has been, in my life, um, probably over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, definitely I think I've zeroed in on that exact topic where, I mean, I've always known i got people counting on me, mm-hmm. you know, my family and, and that. But um, the ones that have passed and just kind of remembering them, thinking of them often, grandparents, old girlfriends, old neighbors, old coworkers, mm-hmm. and, you know, just it doesn't stop. Um, to think about them and drawing the motivation and the energy from those relationships, and that's where I think it's crucial. Where those relationships, that the person has died, but the relationship is still there. Mm-hmm. Tuesday to the Mori, Mitch Alvin oh. said that, you know, <laughs> and, and you know the relationship won't die. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not here. You know, you talk, I'll listen. Maury said to him. Um, to hear you say that, Abel, is just. Um, I hope you realize the the, the gold nugget you have. Mm-hmm. That is true power of giving at your age. Mm-hmm. Compared to later on in life, and right. it's just it, it warms my heart to hear you say that. That's, right. that's the thing too, you know. And, and that's the thing. I'm like, I don't want to say I'm like I'm not looking to die by any means. So I have a lot of life left to live. I always joke that right. I'm old with my friends, you know. But I know I understand too that that's the only thing that's inevitable, you know. Mm. So I don't worry about that so much. I want to live one day at a time, you know. There's a song when I was growing up. My dad listened to a lot of Mexican music. It was a song called Un Dia a la Vez by. Uh, Ruben Ramos sings the version of Los Tigres del Norte, and what that means is it means one day at a time. Mm. Essentially, the words to it are a prayer. You know, he's asking God to give him strength every day, show him the right path to take. Um, he just hopes that he can live one day at a time. And that's something that I really kind of take with me, too. Um, a lesson my dad always told me that he got from his father, you know, you know, think about being a kid, five years old. Oh, I want to be 16 so I can drive. I want to be 18 so I can do this and that. He always told me, don't wish time away. Yes. Don't wish time away. And it's yes. so easy to there. I'm like... Okay, well, big deal. And here I am now. I'm 22, and I wish I could be five again. You know, it's just, you have no cares in the world. That's right. Um, but just knowing that if something happened to either my parents today, I know that they did the best to their ability to make sure me and my brother are ready for the next step in life. Mm. And I know it's not going to be tomorrow. Hopefully, knock on wood. But um, when that day comes, I know that they prepared us, and I know they they can say they feel confident too that they prepared us for that day. And that's what I'm very blessed for. Um, but yeah, that's you know, where I'm at with that. That's powerful. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you because, and you sharing this, it hopefully gets some other people thinking about what they have in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, that they can turn to that too. They can hang their hat on that just like we have. Oh, yeah. It's there for everybody. Um, any books? Are you still reading a little bit? Is there any books out there that have really kind of caught your attention over the last few years? That you really uh, got something out of. That's the one thing I need. To, I need to make more time to read. I want to say fine. I need to make it. But um, my philosophy classes I take for political philosophy. I know I said that first political philosophy was the bane of my existence. But my <laughs> junior year I took another one, modern, modern political philosophy. Mm. Um, and just kind of reading those philosophers. You read John Locke. You read Thomas Hobbes. You read uh, what's his name, Jean Jacques Rousseau. Oh my God! And wow. just uh, yeah, <laughs> but just kind of going through them and thinking what about what they say about certain things. You know, I think I believe it was just I can't remember. So if you guys are like buffs or nerds about this hearing, I'm sorry. Forgive me. It's been a couple of years. I haven't had a chance to revisit it. But I believe it was Rousseau or maybe it was Nietzsche. Either way, they were saying that, you know, man is weak through comfort. Like, you know, you're talking about your mm. comfort zone. You think about all this stuff that comes out every day, every year, all this new technology to make life easier. Therefore, they believe man is weak. You know, if it's cold outside, we need a jacket. You know, we can't go out there no more without shivering and crying about it. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, so just kind of like reading those things. 
some of it you agree with, you know, but some of it opens your eyes like, huh, you know. I mean, like I said, I go to a Catholic school. I, I uh, believe in God myself, but mm-hmm. you're sitting here reading them, and they're, they're over here making all these reasons why God isn't real, how they believe religion is just a premise and it was something created to keep civil order. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, like, well, I, I can see that, but here I am, too. That's what kind of faith comes into life. You know, obviously, you got the, the believing without seeing type aspect, but mm-hmm. it, it opens your eyes to things, and it makes you kind of look at the other end, you know, okay, so I believe this. Why do they believe that? Does it make sense? Yeah, true. That's kind of like I was going about partisan relationships, too. You know, yes. I mean, it's the same thing. I saw someone put on Twitter, I think, yesterday or today, why are people still friends with Republicans? I'm sitting here thinking, like I said, I don't care what side of the spectrum you are. You treat me with respect, I give it right back. But I'm, that's the problem. You know, people say, oh, so-and-so on the Republican Party said this about that. But then they can turn around and say, oh, so-and-so on the Democratic Party says this about that. You're not, all you're doing is making a cycle of, you know, like, Hatred almost, you know, I know it's a strong word, but it's it becomes cyclical. So why that you guys are talking about, you know, oh, what they believe is so wrong and it's so this and so that. But I mean, people need to take a time to reflect and kind of look in the mirror and say, well, here I am being judgmental about that. And whether you believe is morally right or wrong, it's up to you. I mean, I'm not here to judge. It's not my job. But just got to take back and remember that golden rule that's graced every religion since probably the beginning of time, you know, love your neighbors, you love yourself. Uh, something as simple as that. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Isn't it amazing the, the different classes that you had the choice of taking going from Lakeshore? Yeah. yeah we got some different classes and stuff, but boy, you go up there and you're like, wow. Uh, yeah. And now to hear that some of the stuff stuck with you, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Right. That's really good stuff, man. I know maybe, maybe I did a better job than I thought I did. <laughs> I think you did a fantastic job. You still remember. Abel Sanchez dropping wisdom here on, on the podcast. Do what that's, I can. That's but. awesome. That's, that's awesome. Have you ever thought of uh, going back for graduate work or anything? I did. I have. Um, actually, I took a couple classes in the last fall and the last spring that would, cause I want to do a major, or I'm sorry, a master's in PR, like public relations. Mm. Um, so I needed to do, oh, yeah. it was an intro statistics class in an intro marketing class. So I took them both already. Um, but, you know, kind of with my job now at Enterprise, if I stick with that, I really don't need one. But I still kind of, if something changes, I still have the aspiration. I would like to do Good that. But either way, I knew coming into this fall, I didn't have the motivation to do that. This spring, I remember uh, when I knew I was, like, done with school. And I'm like, I can't, like, do this next fall because it'll be just a waste of my time and everybody else's time. I'll fail going for a master's degree. Mm-hmm. I was uh, in my African politics class. So I'm sitting there, and the couple first couple of days, the professor gives has us this online survey we have to fill out, and I'm going through it, going through it. What do you know about Africa? What countries? What would you like to learn? Then towards the end, what's your, it goes. What is your favorite quote? <laughs> and I remember I looked at it with no hesitation. I type in, "I pity the fool, Mister T," and I said, "I I need to be done with this because this is not going to be a good semester." <laughs> I passed everything. I did fine, um, but that's when I knew I'm like, okay, yeah, master's degree. If I go for it, it needs to be a pause. Right. There's going to be some time between yeah. this and that. Yeah. That's good. That's good to know that. He never mentioned anything about that. I thought he would comment, I pity the fool. I'm like, right. You thought you'd have a discussion it. about it. I would have owned up to it. Yeah, he didn't right. say nothing though ever, but that's hilarious. Okay. That's fantastic. Man, you know what? What are uh, what are some of the next plans that you see yourself, whether it's five years? And yeah, you focus in mm-hmm. on today. I try and do that too. But um, what are you kind of looking to create for your life in the next five years or so? I want to travel. Actually, that's the big thing. I want to travel. Um, I mean, my cousin, she was she lives down in Louisiana now, but her husband's in the Air Force, and they first got married uh, 
they moved to Colorado at first a few years, and then they went out to England for mm. three, four years. Oh, wow. And she talked about how much she absolutely loved it, and she got to all over the place, goes to Germany, France, Spain. Uh, I think she went to the Czech Republic. I can't remember all of them. Wow. But she talks about how much she absolutely loves it. She just raves about it. She wants to go back. Um, the foreign exchange students from our school, too. I remember I had friends that I'd made from China, yes. from Germany, Denmark, all over the world, you know. And I'm sitting here, how cool would it be to go and see all these places, what the world has to offer? Um, hmm. I feel like we're so confined. Well, I don't want to say necessarily confined because the world's become so small through, like, you know, social media and everything. We mm-hmm. have, we can figure out what's going on all over the world if we really want to. Right. But I always say we almost kind of forget that there's other things going on, too. We're so, we have these blinders that, you know, here in the United States, it's, the best, and it is. I agree. I love my country. But I don't think we truly appreciate or have this real sense of, like, okay, I can say that, but why, you know? There's other great things throughout the whole world. Amen. So much beauty and so many awesome people um, that we can sit here and, you know, they say we're the melting pot of everything. Why can't we take what we learn from over there and bring that back, too, and enrich ourselves in that way? Yeah. You know, say we don't want to steal anybody's culture or anything like that, because I know there's a lot of complaints with that throughout the world. <laughs> but just kind of, a pre- just needs to be an appreciation. Yes. Um, we're so quick to, we're so quick to just kind of shut down things that are different, mm. if anything that kind of seems scary or anything that might bring change. And I get it. Again, comfort zones. Yeah. Um, but once we're there and we see the way they live life and what you might have thought was this all oh, this run down poor country, you might find the happiest people in the world. And why is that? Because they appreciate what they have. Mm. So why can't we learn to appreciate what we have? And it might be that much more of an abundance. Um, so just kind of, I'd love to get out there and just kind of see what's you. happening throughout the world. That's and, awesome. Yeah. Man, my wife and I went to Paris finally yeah. uh, a year ago, and that definitely opened my eyes. Yeah, everyone was so happy. I remember my, my roommates, I'm like, Mr. Jesus in Paris, and everyone's like, oh, we're all cheering, you know, it was great. You know what, you guys listening out there, I would bring that up to my students about, you know, going after their dreams and not settling, and how my wife and I came really close a couple times, whether it was our honeymoon and uh, the basketball game at the Pistons game where I got into half-court contest and had numerous opportunities. That will be a story i got to share someday for this three-point shot and came up short, uh, hit the rim on each of them, but missed that trip to Paris. And uh, But yeah, it definitely opened up my eyes to different uh, cultures, how small I am in this world, uh, my thinking sometimes, um, open to new things. And so I just think sitting down with you today has just brought pure joy, just pure joy uh, to learning some stuff about you and your outlook. And I can see that sparkle in your eye even more so than it was in high school. Yeah. It's bigger now. You know, you got more Crazy. things to offer the world. And I think you need to continue doing what you're doing uh, and, and running this path that you are on because there's just great things coming coming for you. Hey, well, I appreciate that. You know, I just like I said, I want to live one day at a time and just the mission, just spread happiness. You know, um, I, I like the premise I have is I always kind of say it jokingly, but I mean it too. Is it can always be worse. You know, mm. if something bad happens, it could be worse. Yeah, you know, right. I get it. Like I remember just kind of a dumb story. I was at a football game my freshman year with my roommate and. uh in college, and uh, I got like a, one of those souvenir cups with soda in it, and I literally set it down on the ground, get right back to our spot, and someone walked by and spilled it like immediately. I didn't think I had any of it. And my room was like, "Why would you? Why aren't you mad? Like, you know, I would yell at him. I would go get another one. I'm like, he knocked it down. It's not going to get my soda back. Why am I going to freak out on him? Like, it's not. He's not going to all of a sudden magically put it back in the cup. Just like I'm still here. I'm still breathing. Right. I got my cup. I can take it home. I still got my cup. That's right. It's all good in the neighborhood. Um, so just kind of keeping that. The outlook that you know just it can always be worse pretty much yeah. you know just kind of appreciate what you, was in front of you and make the best of it and that's something i think the older you get the more you have to remember mm-hmm. because um 
the fuse gets shorter as far as your patience, uh, your understanding of others, your your calmness, and um, and I think it should be. I'm trying to grow my 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 patience, my mm-hmm. understanding of people, and it's it's not always easy. Uh, quick question: Are you watching uh, MSU basketball tonight? Uh, Seven o'clock. They're going up against the number one team in, in the <laughs> land, Kansas. I want to. I'm, I, I should be able to watch that. I know I got to be. It's got to be done by nine, though. I watch this is us. This is us in my show. Yeah, that show makes me think about life a lot too. If you That's haven't awesome. seen it, I recommend it. Starting it from the beginning on Hulu. Quick plug that this is us. Yeah, but, yeah my, my wife loves that. I've watched it a little bit. I got some other shows that I enjoy watching, but that's the other those good quality shows out there teaching oh, you about life. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff, man. That's I mean, awesome. I've smiled, I've laughed, I've cried. I remember I was uh, in between classes last year. Um, I went to the office where we worked because I'm in the Green Line. We we're in the stadium, and also between my classes, I'd sit in there and just kind of go, you know, watch Netflix, watch whatever. And I had to catch up on This Is Us. So I'm sitting in there, right? And one of my friends who's the manager, she comes walking in there. She goes, hey, well, I look over and I'm sitting there crying. <laughs> <laughs> they're laughing at me. I'm like, hey, that's what it is. I am not like, mad. Abel, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm like, I ain't even embarrassed. Said, this show just got me going. That's just right. what it is. Um, I love that. This is yeah, who I am. It's yeah. on my sleeve. I'm exactly. wearing it. That's what it is. I ain't mad at it. Awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you for coming by today. I think this is something we got to do again. And I oh, think absolutely. we got to maybe get uh, some other people here with you and um, and share some stories and share some lessons, whether it's Joey or some of the, oh, the yeah. guys you went to school with or even Dr. Lip. You know, oh, yeah. That'd be great. The, the group of us. That'd be awesome. All right, Abel, thank you so much for coming by. Oh, not really a problem at all. We'll talk great. to you soon. All right, you guys. I hope you got a lot of lessons there. Abel's dropping nuggets of knowledge uh, left and right on this podcast. So if you are interested in contacting him, uh, I will get his contact information. Is there a social media handle that, that people can follow you at or get in touch with you at? Yeah, you can find me. I'm on uh, everything. I'm on Twitter. Um, that goes with my nickname, though, so I'll have to write that one because y'all would be confused if you see that. <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, email me, whatever. Awesome. I know I have my Weebly site still up from the uh, class I had with you. So. Yes, I'm going to have to share that with my students. Yeah. The digital portfolio. I'm a, so I'm, I, have, I keep it fairly updated. I think I got it updated again. Like it's fairly recent, Ooh, so I mean, man, I'm going to change my age on there. Are you blogging on that too? Are you putting any blogs together? I should. That'd I should awesome. start doing that. You should be doing that and a podcast. Might as well. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, I'll dig up his contact information, you guys, and I will put it in the show notes. So again, thanks for joining me today, you guys. Again, check me out over on Facebook at Coach to Expect Success. Uh, Coach to Expect Success is my website. Scroll down there on the homepage, you can find the book list. I got 26 fantastic books. Uh, that you can check out one at a time, of course, would be great. Uh, you can contact me there too over on Instagram at Coach John Daly and on Twitter at Coach2Success. So thanks again for checking in. Really appreciate you guys listening. Spread the word. Take care of yourselves and each other. We'll talk again soon. See you.